So hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. Finally back with some uh, uh, yeah interview for Netherlands. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, well, what has your connection been with the Netherlands then? If you, I, I assume you've played here. Yeah, we, we played in the Netherlands. And I also played with like old bands of mine, like way back in the Netherlands. Sure. But it's never been a place where we've been too often. And I'd, I'd love to play more there. But it's, you know... It's it's such a funny thing with neighbor countries of Germany. So we, we're pretty well known in Germany. And actually, we're not doing that bad in our neighbor countries. Mm. But, you know, local promoters, some of them are having a hard time booking us. We're trying okay. the same discussion at the moment with a show that we want to play in Denmark because we... Mm. We're playing with Iron Maiden in summer and we need to go to Helsinki. So I thought like we, we do some shows on the way up. Man, I tell you, it's not easy. It's the same with the <laughs> Netherlands. So there's like, we need to have some local promoters that do believe in us. But finally, we are going to play one or two shows in the Netherlands again this year. I okay. can't tell you when, but it's going to be in fall. And I'm super happy to come back because I love it. And I'm going to tell you a secret. I think I never told that before, but my... My son, my kid, was conceived in Amsterdam. So. Okay, okay, so so plenty of connections. That's uh... yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so so you had some good times here. That's uh, that's good yeah, to hear. Yeah. Um, but this is a, I suppose, a good segue into to what you've been up to lately, because you mentioned these different countries, and now you are up to be the German kind of uh, participant for the Eurovision Song Contest. So this international character, is that always something that the band has, uh, yeah, how, how would you say that? Um, it has, has strived for? Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not decided yet. So you guys sure. can still vote if we are going to Eurovision Song Contest or not. The, the show is uh, this Friday. Um, and there's eight other contestants. And yeah, after that, we will know if we go there or not. But um, yeah, of course, we hope to. I mean, hey, it's that would be fucking great to have some some alternative music, to have some metal music back at Eurovision mm. from Germany. I think we had some rock and metal at Eurovision, but I think never from Germany, as far as I remember. So that would be a cool thing. Um, yeah, well, well, the thing is... Um, when I started Lord of the Lost uh, as a solo project long, a long time ago, 2007, and when we became a band in 2009, we were just a hobby band. We didn't strive for anything. We just wanted to make music. And maybe that was our key to success because what drives us is the love for music, and it, it still is. We never try to listen to anyone like you should do this or that or marketing strategies or we're never looking for trends what people might most like because we would end up hating our own music because right. we would just do the things that we, yeah you know to please people so what we do what you see of us whatever it is however weird it might be it's because we love it and um so when we had a chance to do like our first international things and i think England was one of the first countries because I used to tour there with one of my old bands. We were just like, Hey, come on, we're singing in English. So, and uh, why not try it? And, and, and traveling with a band when, when all of the guys in the band and the crew are friends and all those guys are my best friends. I mean, it's an awesome thing. So, <laughs> 
even if no people are showing up, which has been the case in the past, like when you go to a country for the first time, of course, sometimes it sucks. No one shows up, but we're still a bunch of best friends uh, on vacation. <laughs> so this is how we started it, that. And then we actually realized, wow, there's a market. There is There are countries that are really much into Lord of the Lost. And meanwhile, we have toured over 30 countries between China and, sure. the, and the US and Mexico and everything in between. So it was great. It still no, is. And the, I think that those those early shows that you mentioned when you're trying to break on uh, break into a new market, I think they're important, even even if they at the moment aren't the greatest tours that, that you kind of uh, envision. I, I think it builds character and it kind of uh, brings the band close together as well. Totally. I, there's this one show. I'm not sure if I ever told it in public, <laughs> uh, but I will now. Maybe, maybe I have, but, uh, we played a U.S. tour, like very a road trippy kind of thing with like, yeah, sometimes 20 people showing up, sometimes 100 in 2014, a long time ago. And we played the show in, in Las Vegas. Oh, we wanted to play the show in Las Vegas. And then we, we pulled in on the parking lot. And it was like outside of the strip in mm. Las Vegas, some industrial area. And then <laughs> came a guy out of this. It was more like a bar than a club. And he came out <laughs> like, what are you guys doing here? And we said, yeah, we're, we're a lot of lost from Germany. We're, we're playing a show here. He was like, wait a moment. Then he went inside. Two minutes later, he came back with a printed out sheet of paper and put it on some pile there on the parking lot. <laughs> said like, done promo is on and we were like okay and in the end no one showed up like really no one but we had two support support bands they were playing we didn't <laughs> and like oh man it was um yeah so it we, we played a show in las vegas we never played it but we put we put it in our list of shows that we played so actually we lied about that one show uh, so if, if it's written down, it's uh, it's real, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no, but it, it, it's it's. I I always like those stories, and whenever I I, I do read a lot of uh, biographies from rock bands, and those those stories, those initial years are always to me the most interesting because, as you mentioned, then it's all free. You you don't really have uh, amb an ambition, especially financial yet, and then it's yeah. it's it's very creative and free. So. If you if you imagine where you are now, and I mean you have a chance to be in the Eurovision Song uh, Contest, did you did you have any expectations when you started, um, or those first couple of years? Any expectations like from Lord of Lost in general from the career? Yeah, yeah, yeah just just no. in terms of what you would be able to do with the band. No, re really not. We just wanted to make the music we love and. We we still have that paradigm because when people people sometimes ask like what would you guys do if you get like real successful and we're like what is real successful look look at what we right. have achieved until now we have a number one record we have like we 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 really have a big audience already for for our terms a big audience and you when does success start what do you mean does mm. does success start on an Iron Maiden level, like playing stadiums or it, it, what we have done so far, isn't that success? So we, we try not or never to measure anything that we do on those weird um, parameters of success. Right. We always 
if we feel like we are happy, then we don't try to expect. So like this typical question, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, or where do you want to see yourself in five years? In five years, I want to see myself somewhere where I am right now, being happy with the thing I do. And we are at a point now where we can somehow live from our music. And I mean, that's a great success. Because sure. this is like, man, you, you, we have fought for that for such a long time. And when people come to me and congratulate me to our overnight success, I'm like... <laughs> really <laughs> like it's, it's it's been a long night 25 years you know like i'm i'm 43 right now i started doing that when i was 18 that's a long time so um no we didn't expect anything and we try not to expect anything we just if you're true to yourself if you're authentic because you do what you love and you love what you do then everything's fine and i also stopped having any trueness um, discussions with metalheads about what's true or not, because <laughs> if you do what you love, you're authentic and then you're true. Everything else is not true to me. Sticking to some kind of dogma from whatever kind of scene, for me, it doesn't have anything to do with trueness. Yeah, that I agree completely. I think every little subgroup has their own rules, so it's impossible to to live by them uh, all the yeah, time, absolutely. and it's 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 at the end pointless anyway. Yeah, um, so we're not, we're not even trying to. to... <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I do. Maybe this is too philosophical. Then, uh, but but what do you get out of making music? The, what what is it that that keeps pulling you back, and what keeps you? It's and it's probably not just even music. You're very visually creative, I think, as a band as well. So so, what is it that you get out of this whole thing? Is it is it something you need to do? Is it just to clear your head? I I think it's just really something I need to do, and not just with Lord of Lost. I work as a music producer and songwriter with, with many other artists or for many other artists. And if I'm not doing that, it's some it's like my valve. Like I, I feel mm. like I'm exploding. I realized it during uh the pandemic. Mm. Um like I was so limited in the things I could do. I don't necessarily have to go on stage. I, I love being on stage, but it's not the mo most important thing for me. The most important thing for me is to work with people on music. Mm. And um, I really feel like I'm just getting unhappy if I cannot let these things out. So I think it's just the way, it's just my way to to level myself with with every, with everything you know other people they have to go i don't know they have to go to the forest and uh, <laughs> run other others need a fast car and uh whatever others go to the gym okay i do that too but you know <laughs> everyone has his things sure. and and i think that's a good thing because i'd still be that happy if i would just be able to do these things for myself so if i had a different job and not being on stage at all. If I could just write some songs for myself, and uh, I'd be happy. And I still do that. I have so many songs that I just did for myself, never released them, maybe never will. It's just my, you know, it's just my thing. Hmm. I'm, others are collecting. I'm, I'm collecting songs in a way it's, I yeah, I think you said it's maybe too philo philosophical. I think it's not too philosophical. I think that's my way of capturing moments mm. somehow. It's like a photography for me to create a song. 
and some of them are just for me, you know, so I don't even have to show them to somehow, just my memory. And it, it, is it in a sense, because I, I hear this from musicians every once in a while, that sometimes it's easier to write a song about it than, than to talk to somebody or to, to kind of explain uh, what you're feeling to somebody. Is that is that the same for you then, that these songs, they 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 deal with kind of, or not deal with, that's not the right way to say it, but at least they, they touch upon what, what you go through in real life and you can kind of figure things out through them. I think so yes because when you have to when you talk to someone you always have to find the right words that what you want to say is actually mm. reaching the, the the other person and if you're just capturing that moment for yourself then you can speak in whatever language you want and that language can be mu can be music can be even instrumental stuff doesn't even have to be words so so you understand it's maybe like those cryptic handwriting that everyone has and only you can read it you know you're just making some notes what what the groceries you gotta buy in the afternoon everyone's like what is that <laughs> but you can read it so yeah maybe that's that's actually a good thought yeah well well let's let's dive into it a little bit deeper then if, if we take blood and glitter because you mentioned just uh now kind of what you try to do with music is you're capturing moments you're capturing these these uh snapshots of life i suppose so yeah. with blood and glitter then if you, if you look back now because i imagine that the album has been done for quite a while uh, because it yeah it takes a while to get released and stuff what did what how do you see that album now blood and glitter do you have a certain snapshot for it or do you have, what was the moment that you tried to capture um Music and making music has different aspects. It's not not all about capturing moments. Sometimes it's also just about telling stories or okay. trying to to put a thought in music, which is going to reach people later. So, like deliberately giving hope and perspective through music. So, and Blood and Glitter is more like that song. It's it's not a song which is like my song, and I wanted to tell my story, although I can reflecting it reflect in it. It was more a song. Um, blood in this sense is not about the blood that spills out of us. It's, <laughs> it's, it's nothing brutal. It's about our elixir of life. And it also says in the song, we are, we are all from the same blood. So the song lit actually says, and that's nothing new. It actually says, be you, be true to yourself and accept others like they are because we're all made from the same blood. It's like this line, we're all made of stars. You know, it's, it's just... Mm. We're all the same. So this song is actually meant to be an anthem to empathy, humanity, to all of us, but also embracing our surroundings, glitter in that sure. sense, that also lifestyle and also what what we might call superficial is a, is a part of all of us that makes life beautiful. It's a Carpe Diem song. It's a Life is Beautiful song. It's a Believe in Yourself song. So this is what the song is about. The album itself has like many songs. It's also very political. Mm. Some songs are very angry. And because we thought it would be a nice thing to actually mix some attitude and some statements and some sincere thoughts with that glam rock attitude to mm. actually show the contrast that it doesn't have to be just, you know, party and costumes and glitter. You can actually say something although you look like that yeah i think it, because the, because the music is so energetic but then if you listen to the words there's actually some some substance in it that's very interesting to listen to um 
I, I love those because you mentioned earlier uh, that you don't really worry what other people might think of your music. You don't let them uh, influence you. And, and with songs like No Rep uh, Respect for Disrespect and, and Leave Your uh, Hate in the Comments, those kind of things, they kind of embody that. There's one um, line from No Respect uh, for Disrespect, your rage and your ache, a reflection of your loveless hell. So uh, do, do you kind of feel for the people who, who just go on the internet and be be horrible to other ones, yes. other people? Yes, I, I sometimes I'm really, you know, th th there's one thing. You, I, I don't know, you just have to go to the supermarket and see people like hating at each other and, and mm. like um, yelling at the cashier, like at the person, the people who work there. And what most people forget or like in the car, fuck you, you know, like you. All, all, people in 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 cars are the worst. <laughs> all people forget that every single person has a fight to fight. So no life is easy, and never forget that maybe this person, the way this how this person reacts and maybe treats others, is just because life is so hard for them at this moment mm -hmm. and they, they they don't have any other chance to let it out and of course it's not fair that they are doing that and it's not good and it's not empathetic but if you try if you just try to understand them then it kind of gets easier to react to such people so meanwhile i tend to if i'm reacting to like hateful comments i i'm trying to react in an understanding way, sometimes with some sarcasm, of course. <laughs> um, but um, I try to. And yes, to get to the core of your question, I kind of feel sorry for some of these people because in in some of these comments, it really feels like it's the only thing that kind of makes them happy. They don't have anything, but sitting in front of the computer street, uh, screen trolling, you know, like those in, in those software... Sure. Episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only thing that kind kind of gives them satisfaction. And yes, I feel real sorry for them. And it makes me sad somehow that some people don't have anything but that. Is, is, is the flip side to that then, uh, for instance, a song like Destruction Manual, where you are more... Uh more empowering to people where, where it's kind of look you don't have to be like a troll you can also just just love yourself be happy with yourself and, and go live your life kind of kind of that attitude yeah or, destruction uh, destruction manual and like um you can you could try to find some deeper meaning in that but it's more like <laughs> okay. um, that, that there was more song conceived for live shows and like okay. it's, it's it's really this Fuck it, you 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 can break all the chairs in the venue. They have an insurance, so just you know, <laughs> let let's burn this house down. So it's um it's more of a metaphoric party song in in that sense. Okay, yeah. uh, fair enough. Well, it's it's interesting then because one thing I really like listening to the album, and and perhaps you've done this quite a bit before, and which I'm not aware of, but um the way you incorporate electronic elements into kind of this 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 uh, metal uh, environment is is really cool i think how do you balance those two worlds how, how you use the synths to 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 not overtake but but to kind of augment what you do oh that's that's sometimes really not easy because uh it's 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 going so quick that they are overtaking and it's uh i love this kind of hybrid productions and mm. everything you hear is it sometimes or most of the time it's both electronic and and like organic at the same time 
So nearly all of the guitars are like doubled with synthetic things, which okay. kind of play the same thing. Also the bass. So sometimes in the verse, when there's more space for the bass guitar, you hear a bass guitar, but all those FM synthesize the basses and you, you don't really know. And if you, if you try, if you manage to make all these, all these things like one instrument, like it feels like one bass, which is mm. both synthetic and organic. It's a beautiful thing. And there's some like audio uh, technical tricks to do that. And the same with the drums. So we have this, it's all like real play drums. Um, so you hear it like, uh, but we mostly use the room mics and the, mm. all the mics that are um, on top of the drums and mix them weird samples. And many of these samples are from old analog 80s drum machines. Always okay. we record them ourselves and then we mix it. So you have like weird sampled 80s direct signals mixed with those room sounds. So you really don't, sometimes re- really don't know in which world is is that happening because it's like you see a sci-fi film on a vhs you know it's an analog medium but you you're watching a sci-fi film and it's not easy so um to to not have the synthetic part take over so for me the main key here is reflection Mm. and that means time so we had the album ready or the first mix versions ready like two or three months before the actual deadline. So we could listen mm-hmm. and re-listen to it all day and go into mix corrections again and again and again until we found the right level to still be a rock band or metal band, which incorporates electronic sounds and not the other way around. You mentioned uh, producing quite a bit of music as well outside of kind of uh, what you do with Lord of So do you enjoy that that? process of tinkering and just tweaking little bits uh, and and or, or is it kind of a, a chore as well in, in a sense uh, it really depends on what i'm doing you know some things i do uh i'm brutally honest here are just for money of course you know because sure. in the end, you know i have to feed my family so it's when i'm working on let's say some advertising sound design it's not like i'm I'm putting my heart into it because I feel like I can artistically express myself. Right, right, right. Um, and then if the final customer comes with like the 10th correction round for of, of a mix because he's not satisfied, then it's more like a chore and a, a duty and it, it can be really annoying. But if it's something I like working on, it's, an, it's a super interesting process. So it can be both, you know, okay. in the, in the end, uh, what I'm doing is a job and every job sucks here. <laughs> yes. no, no matter how successful you are, sometimes it just sucks. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And uh, even when it's something you love, and uh, do you find that people 
who know that you're in a band, but who, who don't really get that that music scene, do, do they understand what you do in a sense? Because I, I, as you mentioned, people see you as overnight success. They probably think that you're uh, really, really rich and really successful. All that, all that stuff. Do people kind of have have misconceptions of what it is like being in a band? I think so, and I also, but I say I think so because I think we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg of people mm. with misconceptions in some comments or sometimes when you hear, like hearsay things about yourself, you know, like right. hey, I, I, this guy told blah 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 all these all these weird rumors about uh, our band, especially about me as a person personally, and uh, yeah, job wise rumors like super weird stuff most of them mm. sexually you know i okay. there's, there's so many rumors about like like girls i have slept with slept with which which i've never ever met in my life and okay. i'm like okay wow interesting so so much misconception and um i think there's so much more which we will never hear i think the worst we will never hear because i still think that like the real haters they kind of stay in the shadow and just like spill their uh you know there's sardonic hate in the underground <laughs> so and one more thing which is actually pretty dangerous there's like all this fake profile shit of celebrity mm. the thing is um we are at a stage of success where we are still like available and approachable for people so when there's like fake fake profiles of me people actually believe it's me mm. when you find like a fake profile of Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp is contacting you. No one or nearly <laughs> no one w would believe that. Like, hey, Johnny Depp just, you know, just wrote me a message. With me, like being way less successful, um, but successful enough to be interesting for those people. Some fans believe that it's actually me behind all those profiles, and mm. there's mostly girls being abused for like uh naked pictures or being right. money. And all these things. So many people might hate us or might hate me for really the wrong reasons, for things that I have never done. And sometimes I'm really afraid that someone's stabbing me in the back because uh, some guy thinks that I have done bad things to his daughter mm. online or whatever, to sometimes 14-year-old girls. And we have found out about some of these things, like people contacting us uh, on the right channels then and asking and actually saying and showing us screenshots of the things that they have been communicating about with fake me's. Right. And so I think a lot of misconception comes from stupidity and from igno ignorance, but some from these fake profiles, and it's, that's really not a nice thing, and you can't well, do anything about it. it that sounds very scary. And as you say, it's very difficult to do anything because people are going to do on the internet what they're going to do anyway. And it's yeah, very we, difficult. To... We, we cannot stop it. There's no way to stop it. Yeah, so... but uh, hopefully, as you mentioned, hopefully some some sense and uh, sensibility uh, come come through and then, then people can figure it out. But yeah, that's that's I've never thought of it that way. And, and that's you raise a very interesting point. I, I, I actually have a friend, the musician, uh, I can't tell you who, but some years ago, when all these things started with a fake profile, um, he, he had, not he, like a fake profile had contact to that one girl, and this fake profile pr promised this one girl the world. Mm. And then 
he actually met her at some signing session and he was like who are you and she was so shocked about all this she killed herself oh wow and he couldn't deal deal with that it it yeah. really really destroyed him it's it's something he never did but he still feels responsible for it because it was about his stage his band identity his stage persona yeah it's really really not funny so yeah, that's very I, I can terrible. just like for for everyone watching all of our official profiles have this blue check mark thing if you don't see that don't hesitate to go on our website uh, you will find it just by google and use whatever context you find and tell us about the fake profiles or ask us if it it is us if you're not sure so hmm. well it's a good again like i said i've never heard uh, it, uh from this perspective and i think you raised a great point so it's good that uh, the people get to hear about it a little bit to round yeah. the interview off um well we talked about uh a lot of things but but one thing that you do then when when you enter or potentially enter a competition like the eurovision uh, song contest is, is it's it's the whole world is watching in a way so in terms of the types of uh, type of music that you make you you kind of alluded to it as well but what what are your how do you think people will receive you then or do, do you even care yeah well a, a part of me always cares because in the end i, I can i can be uh you know, it, it it doesn't matter how much experience you have. Part of me always, oops, there's a hair. Part of me always will care and it will be hurt by by uh, you know negativity and all these things. Mm. But I think um, the the bigger you get, the more people will dislike dislike you in comparison to the people th that like you. And I'm totally okay with that. And like, I'm, I'm really not trying to think about getting further, but if really we are playing there in Liverpool and like half of the world, not really, but like it feels like half the world is, is watching and listening. I think many people will at least say, wow, that's interesting. Maybe they, mm. they won't really like it, but maybe they will say, wow, it's interesting. And of course there will be a lot of hate. And you know, all of the, most of these hateful comments are just, they're just fucking stupid, you know. Yeah. Things like, "Oh, they they look too gay for me," and you ask yourself, "What what what does looking gay means? And what is <laughs> what, and what is too gay? Which kind of gay look just looks right?" You know, it's just like and all these kind of things. So I'm like, yeah. But, but for me, it's real interesting because Eurovision for me is about diversity, and that includes musical diversity, right? And it, if we go there, and although there have been like metal bands in the past, um, mostly from Finland, very interesting things like during the last years. Yeah. Um, I think we could add some kind of new spice to it, although we are not reinventing the wheel with anything. It's not like we are doing something no one ever did, but I think the mixture that we bring would be a little new character to Eurovision. Yeah, and I also think it, it's a good representative of Germany, as you mentioned in the beginning. G Germany is very much a rock and roll country. A lot of rock bands do well there, and then there's yeah. a great appreciation for rock music. So so it would only be fitting, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah, we'll see. But, you know, it's uh, just three days from now. I'm like, uh, yeah, way too excited and nervous. <laughs> and uh, yeah. 
So we we will we will know know more uh, this Friday night. And, and so there's only there's still two days left. I I, I can cut a clip and and put it up uh, even today or tomorrow. So so if if there's still people there who can vote for, why should they vote for you? They should vote for us uh, just because they like it. No one should vote for us if if they don't like it. So I think that's that's the only reason. Just you know, we we, we want to win by like honest terms and not by just uh, telling people, please vote for us, please, please, please. It's just like, of course, we're happy if they do, but you should vote if you if you like it. I think that's a very fitting answer, uh, considering what uh, everything that we've talked uh, about today. So, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you.